Welcome to the All Things Black Podcast with your host, Mr. Black Ovation. You guys, make sure you tune in to my episodes. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Radio Public. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Google Podcasts. Uh, make sure you subscribe and listen to all the previous episodes. And uh, that way you'll bring you up to date. But uh, make sure, make sure, make sure, above all anything else, you share this episode and these, uh, my podcast with, uh, with, uh, with your friends, family, and uh, you know anybody that you associate with. Uh, today I have a really, 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 really interesting guest. Uh, he is actually a family member. He's my nephew, and uh, he is in the uh, culinary field. He is a chef, and uh, he is phenomenal at his work, uh, which we'll definitely uh, get into a little bit later. But what I'm going to do is, as as with tradition. Uh, it is, uh, you know, somewhat necessary for the host to introduce the guest and talk about their accomplishments and things like that. But again, I'm of the mindset that nobody can talk about themselves better than themselves. So I'm going to introduce to you guys, uh, Mr. Mr. Entrepreneur, Mr. Chef, my nephew, Mr. Jabri Mary. Jabri, sir, how you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on this platform. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Um, so check it out. Um, um, like I said, nobody knows themselves and can talk about themselves better than themselves. So I'm going to give you the stage. I'm going to give you the floor and I'm going to let you tell the people, you know, a little bit about yourself, what you're doing, where you reside, stuff like that. Go right ahead. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Jabri Merritt. I'm a little kid out of Kansas City. I migrated with my mother and uh, my grandmother here up north to Minnesota in 2000 so i've been here majority all of my life um grew up watching uh them cook a little bit here and there and uh spent many years kind of just playing around with things when i had the time and just growing and maturing and um kind of one day you know presence of cooking certain things just kind of came natural and so i've been a chef for quite some while you know i tend to believe that you know if you confident in what your, what, you know, what you, what is your ability that is, that you know, I can consider myself a chef long before I even went to culinary school. So really, I started cooking and really getting um, real into it around about fourteen. I'm 29 now, so right on the brink of 30, and I just graduated culinary school with my degree as of last Wednesday, and um, I had that one notch under my belt. And I'm just keeping it pushing. I'm stepping in. I stepped into the entrepreneurial field as of a, a year and a half ago. And um, I'm on a catering company with a, a chef, another partner of mine. And together we are trying to, you know, put ourselves on the map. And the mission is to bring more diverse uh, concepts and delicious meals to everyone that represents our tradition, represents our culture, but also at the same time represents health and wellness. So it's not some of the most you won't see fancy. You won't see the traditional foods all the time on our menu. Uh, but you will see some things that, that pay homage or an ode to the traditional things that we used to eat. But you will see a nice spin or a nice twist to it. Uh, and that caterer company is called Twin Cities Global Cuisine. And um, the, like I said, the mission is to just give everybody a brand new experience of different nuances and flavors and good food. And that's what brings everybody together and have a good time. So I like it. I like it. And again, that's Twin Cities Global Cuisine, which you can definitely find them on Instagram. Is there any, any other social media pages where they can find you at? Yes. 
We have Facebook and we have Instagram at the moment. And our uh, we do have our website at www.twincitiesglobal.com. And that website is currently under reconstruction. We're revamping it as we speak. It should be up within the next 48 hours. Um, so again, Facebook, Instagram, and then we have our own website at www.twincitiesglobal.com. Perfect, perfect. Listen, man, we I'm I'm waiting for this one, but 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 we gonna have to talk about that goddamn strawberry cake that you guys make. I don't know what that is. That's, <laughs> I, man, that every time I see it, I'm like, golly, man, I gotta get my hands on that. But anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, so, congratulations on uh, you graduating culinary school. Um, what were, yeah, absolutely what was what what's some of the things that you enjoy about being somebody uh, about being a chef and what was some of the challenges that you encountered going through going through culinary school boy man that's a loaded question um so i keep that as short <laughs> as possible got it hands down excuse me i'm kind of adjusting my headphones here um the joys of being uh, a chef really just the freedom and passion of doing what we do best, playing with the flavors, uh, making new recipes, making our dishes, knowing that people are going to enjoy it, you know, getting that feedback to hearing what people love. And just, you know, because our chefs were very, we could be critical on ourselves, you know. Rarely do you see people come behind the scenes of the kitchen and see us how we do things. And so people think that we tend to be perfectionists, but that's only because, you know, we know our taste buds and we know how our dishes are supposed to taste. So we take flavors very serious and we want people to get that consistency when they're trying our foods. But it's very fun. It can be tedious, but it's also very fun as well as challenging. So learning to master that ability, you have fun in the kitchen, uh, especially, you know, when you're playing around, whether you're grilling, you know, whether you're blending, mixing, you know, things like that. Or if you're a baker, uh, those are the things that you enjoy so much. And it's just about, again, experiencing new flavors and making things that you might not be accustomed to and also making the things that you know best because you know people are going to enjoy just that. Some of the challenges, some of the challenges that I faced in culinary school was last year was unprecedented. So I'm not even going to lie. There was a, there's a chip on my shoulder as far as, you know, the culinary field. Um, many things that we are taught going through culinary to get that degree requires us to be hands-on. And we experienced that per se, but many of our classes, <clears throat> they got transitioned into, you know, essays or PowerPoints or, you know, papers. And so some things that you're not just going to be able to learn fully unless you get your hands dirty with it. So, 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 so basically you're talking about, you had to do a lot of online, you, you, you were doing online stuff instead of actually, you know, being in the, in, in the labs, you know, so to speak and getting your hands dirty and stuff like that. So everything was pretty much online. Yeah, correct. But like granted some of the assignments that things like that we had to do was online anyway, because there's a, you know, culinary is a small mixture, right? Right. but about 80% of it is hands on that 80% turned into about 40%. And so some like, you know, um, what's a good example? We had a, there was a class that it's a farm to table class. Basically our, we were supposed to be, uh, dri driven out to, we were supposed to go to the next state over in Wisconsin. We were supposed to uh, visit a big, huge sustainable farm. And we were able to go over there and 
pick the produce, learn about farming, agriculture, gardening, mm. and then make things from the garden, you know, concept recipes and things like that. Well, that didn't take place. Now, me, that's that's something huge for me because yeah. I can't wait till I get into the environment where I could be able to make my own garden. Because once you're a chef, you realize that some of the best food comes from your local farmers markets and organic markets. And, you know, when you, you know, once you taste certain things, you don't want to go back. And it's that freshness and that earthiness of everything is really nice. So when you're a chef, you're like one step closer to being a gardener or a farmer, if you will, which I, which I, you know, which should be, which should be, um, we should be talked about more, actually. That that conversation should be entertained within our community about doing our best to attend to some of our own herbs, vegetables, and fruits per se. Right. But as far as that class goes, we didn't have that opportunity to do that. And so they got turned into a PowerPoint presentation and turned into a paper. There are some people, you know, when you join culinary, you get people of all walks of life and all ages. So many people never got to experience that, including myself. But I know what could have became of that. And so that was very frustrating to see that whole entire experience get turned into a paper. Some things you can't properly visualize, some things you can't properly experience. You can't you can't transition that to a piece of paper. You know what I mean? Right. And that but that's just that's just me. You know, I'm all about the experience. And if you're and if you choose to be in the culinary field, a lot of what you're going to do is going to be about experience. That's like asking somebody to make a uh, make a pan of bread from scratch. And you never made a pan of bread from scratch before, but they want you to write a paper about it. Well, you wouldn't really know. It'll sound good, but if you take that, whatever you wrote in your paper and you apply that as a, like a step by step list, that might, it might come out totally different. And so some things you just got to properly feel for it. And so, you know, that's a lot of what our classes and our uh, experiences turned into during, you know, the pandemic. And it was, it was quite frustrating because it was a lot of work. And it would have been the the work itself almost doubled and tripled on paper or online versus if we were in class. That's crazy. Uh, you know what, man? Just just listening to that and 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 um, you know, not not having to be a part of that experience, man. That hell, that pains me because I would have loved to just you know sit back and you know and, and just listen from you to you know kind of exp express about what that experience was like. You know, being able to go to somebody's garden and and learn that kind of stuff. That's big. That was huge, you know, and, and, for, and for that to be reduced to an online assignment, you know, I can, I can definitely understand the frustration behind that. Um, yeah, that was, that, that was, that was huge. I, mean, I definitely feel you on that one. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, some students are paying, not everybody gets uh, financial aid or, you know, tuition, you know, many people in my classroom were paid out of pocket. So, you know, there was no refunds or there was no conversation or any of that. It's just kind of, Oh, well, you know, Unfortunately, some of those experiences and classes was like it is what it is. And so many of them are granted to the instructors of people of the schools. They never dealt with something like that either. And so they tried. I guess they tried their best. You know, I'm going to kind of give them a little bit of leeway. I guess they tried. But the frustration came out of the fact that I don't want to toot my own horn. But my class, we had some extremely intelligent people in that class. And we had great ideas and great concepts to how to curb you know, the, the problem, the problems that we were facing at the time, you know, and that comes from just trying to focus on solutions rather than focusing on the issue at the moment, because we don't want to miss out on the experience. We can't double back and go get that again, especially when we're paying for it out of pocket. Right. So we were, we were really all about making, literally making the most out of it. And the frustrating part about it was 
many of the people of the of the representing a college or instructors or teachers were not in full agreement or they didn't even invite us into the conversation, you know, to talk about what's best for us. And so uh, what we got out of what was what we got out of that was extremely lackluster. And yeah. it just seems like it, it didn't. No one, no one really cared. That's disheartening. That's that's it that's is. tough. That's that's a tough one, man. That is that's man. That's that's terrible. That's that's really bad. But you know, I mean, you know, you you definitely got to understand that you know when you were we were in the pandemic and stuff like that. So a lot of things end up having to transition uh, into 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 things that some most of us wasn't ready to or, you know ready or prepared for. So that so that part is totally understandable. But but man, you know, not to have that type of experience, uh, uh, you know, in what you were talking about, that's. That's 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 still tough, man. That's that's really that's a really tough one because, my, my myself, you know, me myself, I would have enjoyed that. Um, so uh, let's see. So we talked about you know some of the challenges. We talked about you know some of the things that you like about being a chef. Um, I don't know if you actually know or not, but um, what what would you say the the percentage would be of of actual actual black chefs in Minnesota that you know of? <laughs> I could count on both hands how many of us there are. <laughs> to be honest with you, and That's there terrible. may be some more. There may be some more. Um, may, maybe they just don't have a bigger platform yet. And I try my best that if I see some on my timeline and suggested friends and things like that, I will click add friend right away because you know I'm not the you know. I'm not extremely competitive or things like that. I just want to be able to be in the presence of other male black chefs. And I've had the privilege of being around a few and actually working for one and they're, and they're a black owned company. Um, but you know, I told myself a couple years ago, I need to be a rep. I want to be a black male chef in the twin cities of Minnesota and promote us and put ourselves on the map. I need to be in that community. Well, you have to go out and search for it over yonder, literally. And uh, again, I could count on both hands how many of us there are, and um, I probably won't. I probably won't use all my fingers. So it's very small. Wow. But yeah, it's very small, and um, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 pretty. Not not that's pretty bad. No, so so the question. So the question becomes after that. You know, why why do you think that is? Is it is it is it because it's not seen as a kind of masculine type? Um, of of um of um you know field of endeavor or you know I mean why do you, because because it sounds crazy to me because most of the time you know when I was growing up anyway everybody loved you know eating and then everybody loved some degree of cooking like most of the guys I grew up around and if if they wouldn't do anything in the kitchen they would definitely do something on the grill so right. I mean I don't I don't understand why that you know we we have so many of us that are not even thinking about that that course of you know that 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 course of uh, of uh, of um you know uh, you know that field why 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 would you think that that might be well i believe it's a combination of things um one you know it uh, uh it's funny that you say that because the culinary field has always been dominated by males right, um right. but in our you know in our community it's a little bit adverse a lot of us grew up with mama, you know, necessarily specifically big mama in the kitchen, you know. So, you know, in our, in our households, typically we had, you know, women went up in there doing their thing in the kitchen and everything was so good all the time. You didn't need nobody 
you know, helping around. And so <laughs> right. you might have had pops or you might have had uncle, somebody out there on the grill. And they kept it at just strictly that, you know, grilling is looking at it as a very masculine thing. Yeah, right, right. Being a chef, it looked at can be of a masculine thing, but it's, you know, it goes, it's like 50, 50 sometimes. Um, as to why that is, is because cooking was necessarily deemed as masculine. It was just kind of just, it kind of goes back to like caveman mentality, you know, meat over fire, you know, being bang on your chest and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and being a chef requires you to pay attention to detail. It requires you to concentrate on flavors. It requires you to plate it correctly. If you want to, if you care about how things look, it requires you to focus on sometimes portion sizes or, you know, method. It's a lot of discipline in cooking and patience and things like that. And so, and that's with any skill that a man chooses to, to be, you know, to hone his abilities in, honestly. So, you know, you have that. You have us not really being used to that. And then as we grew up in school, if you if you were a product of uh, public education, you never saw boys right on the right on our papers. What you want to be when you grew up and things like that. You wouldn't really see the word chef. chef yeah, and there was not yeah. classes in school that that groomed you for that. The only classes that many people could say that existed was some schools offered a home economics class. And then every now and then you might be able to bake some treats. That's as far as it ever went. But as you know, but, but you but you know, real quick, I'm sorry to cut you off, but 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 it's just, it's just weird. It's just weird though because when you look at the culinary uh, field, most of it's you know pretty much dominated by white males. You know, uh, you definitely have a you know a lot of white females in in into that space, but it's it's predominantly dominated by white males. So yep. so I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out why it's so you know prevalent for white males to go in that direction, but. It seems as though, you know, we we, we, we as, as black men are kind of steered away from that direction because you can actually make some really good money, man. And, and, and you know, being a being a culinary chef, absolutely, uh, you know, sous chef and all that kind of stuff, you can make some good money. You can actually branch out and start your own restaurants and have your signature dishes and everything. So it's just it's just weird. It's, it's very weird. If I if I could, uh, you know, chime in really quick, it's very weird. The other thing that was the other factor I was going to add in addition to that was we're not business oriented. Not only were we not groomed in schools to care about cooking, and we, we, you know, as boys, we barely, as boys turning into men, many of us are not even concentrating on the the health benefits of maintaining and cooking our own food. We're not shown the proper the ways to cook our food or how to cook even in the first place. Right. And so we rely heavily on our women to do so. And then, like I said, we weren't properly groomed in the acts of business and how having your own restaurant or cooking or being a chef or being a lead chef or whatever you choose to be a sous chef. That's not, it's just one of those things that's never projected our way. And so many times the people who, who ended up being a chef, they either go off on their own in search of becoming something like that. They make that decision but it's rare that um, uh, black men are raised in that environment and an upbringing to be a chef unless you have some chefs in your family that might be well known and things like that. Almost like a passing down the torch type of thing. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. It's a white male dominated field. And I'm going to put it like this. Many people who are trying to be cooks or sous chefs or prep chefs, whatever it is, or, you know, garmage. Or, you know, we don't speak enough about our experiences in those kitchens because you just you experience a lot of, oh, man, you know, you experience a lot of racial tension, a lot of discrimination, yeah, a lot of prejudices, yeah. a lot of things, you know, to the point where people who are who were in kitchens or were in high profile restaurants 
but rather not talk about it because it makes their blood boil. Um, and, and then on the top of that, the that FOP particularly dominated with white males tend to almost be. I don't want to use the wrong term here, but it's almost like there, there's almost a, a, a phrase in society, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this because I don't remember correctly, so please forgive me for mm-hmm. listeners, but uh, many chefs or people who have, who who get to, you know, have the title of chef in a kitchen, not head chefs per se, but, you know, you know, the people that are under them tend to be somewhat of tend to be like the rejects of society. Mm. They, t- they tend to be like the drunks. They tend to be like people who have like are felons or, you know, have a little bit of a record or just, you know, never could get their life properly together. Or, you know, they were they had a history of like drug use, things like that. And this is what makes the behaviors and the attitudes and that toxic culture exist in the environment of mm. kitchens and high profile restaurants mm. you will never see it on the outer surface but on the inside there are days where tempers flare and it could be hellfire especially in high profile restaurants because they pride themselves on running running the uh, kitchen like a military they run it militant style mm. where you have the response of the general and the sergeant and everything and you know yes chef no uh, yes chef there's no such thing as no chef is yes chef and the term heard you know, those are the two things that was always happening. It's run just like the military and you're not able to thrive all the time in those environments or try something new. Um, it can be extremely hard and it's not for the faint of heart. And so that's another reason why you said not to see some black males in those societies, in, in, in those environments, because it is it can be extremely disheartening, a lot of pressure and the tension and sometimes the the. The behaviors and the anger behind it alone tends to make more black men walk away from that field mm. than, than, you know, that come towards it unless you have goals to operate your own business. But even before then, you normally have to spend 10 to 15, sometimes 20 years in, in, in another kitchen trying to build up your name, trying to build up your platform, trying to build up your yeah. following, your yeah. fan base, making a name for yourself. Yeah. And so you got to you got to suffer through the suck. You know, to finally get your moment of shine and nobody ever really knows when that actually might take place. Interesting. That's interesting. I'm glad you said a lot of that because a lot of that I didn't know. So so that begs the question. And do you think some of that is actually done intentionally to 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 kind of dissuade, you know, a lot of black men uh, specifically from that particular, you know, field of endeavor? You know, because that's 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 that's, that's kind of what it sounds like to a degree, because, again, you got to remember that a lot of money is made off of food. I mean, a, a tons of money is made off of food. Absolutely. You know, and, 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 and when you can get that in the hands of, you know, people that look like you and me, you know, then, then that means that, that that could be, you know, to, to a degree, to one degree or another could be, you know, some type of financial freedom and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm just thinking in the way it sounds and the way it feels is that it might be, you know, to, to one degree or another intentional, you know, to kind of, to kind of, kind of weed out a lot of us at, as black men to, you know, to be in that particular field. Oh, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, being in the presence of other men, especially men that you are not familiar with, there is, you have to have your morals, your principles, and there's respect. There's three different categories that, you know, many men choose to live by. It doesn't matter what environment or what job you work at. And so you can tend to look at situations, you know, and balance out your morals. You stand on your principles. And many times in that kitchen, people are going to test your principles and test your respect 
all the time. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's constant ego checks in the kitchen. And, uh, whether that could be done intentionally or not, it honestly depends on the restaurant. Um, but more often than not, if you see people walking out of kitchens, it's going to be people of color. It's going to be the black men, the black women, and sometimes the white women. Um, and they're in the kitchen because, you know, a lot of times I've been, I've seen them outnumbered, you know, 10 men to one. Um, and, and like I said, the discriminatory things that happens in there, the prejudices, the, you know, um, uh, the sexual innuendos, so many things happen in the kitchens that, you know, <laughs> if people really started coming clean and talking about these things, which are actually more and more chefs across the country are actually doing to bring light to, you know, mm. these, these environments, you know, they become certain like, you know, culinary whistleblowers because some places have thrived for so long, but the inside is so toxic. Mm. You know, this, these are who, these are the type of people you see walking out the door, the dishwashers, the prep cooks, the, you know, never the sous chef or the head chef, you know, because they help man everything. Yeah. But some, but some kitchens have, some kitchens have single handedly ran their business into the ground, into the ground and yeah. that, and they would never admit it. It's because, you know, it starts at the top. It stops with the behavior. It starts with how they treat people. And unfortunately they turn their, their kitchen into a revolving door as far as employment. That's not good. It's not. Yeah. That's not good at all. Interesting though. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've, I've learned a ton just in the couple of minutes, um, asking those couple of questions, uh, from you about that. Um, we're going to ask some different questions here. Um, I'm, I'm, I want to ask you, uh, since I do have you on here, what do you think is involved in a great meal um, besides besides the taste? What do you think is involved? And that could be that could be anywhere from, um, you know, like you said earlier, you're talking about the different flavors and the seasonings and stuff like that. But I mean, to, to really have let, let's let's just say you have your restaurant. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have patrons that come in and they want to partake of your services and your your, your food and stuff like that. Right. What do you mm-hmm. think? What do you think would be what? what what's all in, involved in someone having a great meal? You know what I'm saying? Uh, and again, that's 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 besides the taste, right? Um, there's about three or four different things, in my opinion, uh, and a lot of this tends to be depending on what kind of cook you are. But the first thing I would say was ambiance. Um, I, I, I've come to terms of realizing there's like two different types of customers, and there's probably more categories, but I kind of focus on these two. Um, you know, there's a, there's the customer who, who loves the restaurant or the environment because of the ambiance. Mm-hmm. The setting is everything. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, they like to feel welcome. They like to feel that customer service and then they'll, as long as that's, you know, as long as they have that down packed every single time, you'll get returning customers. And as, as, as chefs or cooks, if you have your own platform, your own space, you want to be able to provide that. Uh, then, you know, there's the, the other customer who care, who, who is there because the food is never a miss, you know, people eat with their eyes first. Yeah. Yeah. And so besides flavor, you want to focus on the color. You want to focus on, yes, how you put things on a plate does matter. Mm. And you want to focus on the color. You want to focus on plating and you want to focus on your textures. And then, you know, it, it depends on what it is that you're making. Um, yeah, it depends on what it is that you're making. Um, what the hottest things right now are foods that people can are know and love and was great and raised up on. You know these comfort foods, mm-hmm. but with the, but with the twist, 
you know, something that's a little bit different outside of the norm. If you're bringing in a new something to their table and you put down their plate and it's something they kind of recognize, but it has a little twist on it and makes me feel like, oh, I haven't had that before. Yeah, this yeah. is different. This is new. And then, you know, when you when you play things correctly and you got the color and the different things on there, it makes it look very good. You don't want something too foreign on the plate unless somebody specifically wants that. Yeah. But you also just want to it's about that comfortability, but also, you know, making people like you can look at this plate of food and be like, I want that. Yeah. That's what I right, want. Right. I like could read it on the menu. Yeah, I could exactly. I could read that. I could read that on the menu. Like, what is that? I know what it is, but not really. Tell me more about that. I think I want that. And then you get, then you bring it on the, you bring it to them. And it's even better than what they envisioned if there wasn't a picture already. You know, that's what gets people really wanting to try it out. And then, uh, and then if you know the flavor is there, it's already a hit. Now you have a guaranteed customer. Got it. Got it. Yep. Because that's that's one of the things I definitely wanted you to kind of, you know, uh, highlight was presentation. I love a great presentation. You know, when somebody actually makes a meal or something like that, it's it's very, you know, that to me, that's more inviting than, you know, per se ambiance. Yeah. You know, you know, just just to have something placed right on the plate. You know what I'm saying? No, no drizzles or, you know, not unless it's intended. You know what I'm saying? Because some of the desserts come like that. You'd have a little drizzle or something on top of the on top of right. the, uh, the 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 entree but um but right. uh, well it shows no. it shows that we care yeah, it, shows, yeah, so yeah. it shows that you yeah. get, you took your time to pay attention to the details and to be like the customer's going to like this because if I wanted to order this I would want it to look like this you know instead of just you know anybody could heat something up and just put it on the plate you know you could do that at home but people are paying for a little bit more than that yeah. so you have to give them what they pay for yep. and you want to keep them coming back so absolutely yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, another question for you. Uh, yes, sir. For you. Um, well, I'm I, actually I'm a, I'm going to make it two questions and then we'll 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 go from there. Um, what's some of your best dishes and desserts and what has been some of your fondest memories uh, learning learning about those desserts and those dishes? Learning how to cook them, you know, like, you know what I'm saying. Learning how to cook them, you know, right. what's, what's been some of the fondest memories of, le- of learning those particular dishes, and what's what's been some of your best dishes and desserts. I'm gonna say that goddamn cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny cake, because they, they, the cake, the, the same cake that you salivate over, I don't, I don't make that cake. My partner does, but it's funny because I made that cake before in the past, before it became a trend. Um, and you know that strawberry crunch cake. We obviously got that oh, idea from man. the strawberry from the strawberry crunch bar that you see on the ice cream trucks. Yeah, but we kicked it up a notch and we put a whole cheesecake in the middle Ooh. instead of you know. So you know it's a strawberry crunch cheesecake cake. You know that says a lot, but it's a lot when you eat it. So you know it's. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna pause yeah. you right there real quick, but but I want you to continue. But I'm just gonna pause. I have you pause real quick. So you know the the people that are listening, the 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 cake that he's talking about. Uh, in particular, you can actually go to his website. You can go to his Instagram page, maybe Facebook, I believe, and you can actually look up a lot of those the the, the dishes uh, that he does make and uh, that that cake that I'm talking about specifically. You can definitely look that up. And just presentation wise, it's 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 a delight. It's a very uh, good delight. Uh, there's also there's also uh, I, I I believe you were bringing up a, a you know making a new dish. It ha- it it involved wings. Um, so can, can you kind of talk about that one? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I can talk about that real quick. So 
I'm more of a flavored guy. So like you asked me about some of my favorite dishes, I can't really give you favorite dish. I can kind of give you the things with the, like some of the best flavors. That's how my taste buds work. So like I've made uh, plenty of different wings before. And so I like to play with different flavors. I'm from, again, I'm from Kansas City. So I'm just now finally starting to tap into, like I've always loved barbecue, but I've always wanted to try like different variations of barbecue. Mm-hmm. So these wings that I debuted was a uh, passion fruit, passion fruit barbecue sauce. What? It's a little, yeah, it's a little, it's a, it's a little tangy. As a, it's, a, it's like a sweet heat. And uh, that that's like, that's my, my taste buds loves anything that's like sweet heat. But like, you know, because you're going to get a little bit of a, like, you know, a little bit of a sweetness. You're going to get a big, a big kick. So it balances out in my in my mind uh, very good. Uh, but they were all the rave and I'm pretty much going to, I experimented with them. And I'm definitely going to throw those on the menu for this, uh, for this upcoming summer on top of the things that's already has caught the wave of the city. That's interesting because I've never heard that pairing before. I've never heard of that pairing before. You know, you 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 hear about maybe, you know, like mango or something like that in there, but yep. I've never heard of like dragon fruit, uh, you know, type of way. So 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 I'm, in my mind, I'm I'm kind of thinking you got to have that right balance with that in order to be able to taste, you know, both the sweet and the and and the heat at the same time with that. But that's interesting, though. But but you yeah. were saying that you were saying that right now, you know that you know the people that have. Uh, you know, uh, order those plates. They do love them. They they absolutely love them. Yes, uh, yes. You know, because um, it's it's called Twin Cities Global Cuisine for a reason. So, you know, I get heavy inspiration from Africa, uh, Ghana, uh, Congo. Uh, you know, everybody in the Caribbeans, Jamaica, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, Southern America, Mexico. You know, us being black here in America. Uh, you know, all the way out to even playing with a couple of things in Asia. You know, we want to, we want, we want to get, we want to be careful. You know, we, that's why we take our time debuting things and trying out things because we don't want to just put out anything and say, Oh, here's this and here's that. We want to be able to actually use some of those seasonings, use some of those actual fruits and vegetables that pays an homage and a tribute to representing those countries. And we infuse that with flavors and foods that we already know and cook with. And we turn it up a notch. And so, like I say, it's, it's a culmination of things and it's going to, it's going to make you, it's going to make people eat it. It's going to be like, Hey, I know what that is, but they're going to try it and be like, wait a minute, that's different, different, but I like it. And, you know, and a lot of the different things and herbs and seasonings and spices and fruits and vegetables that we add to the mix of our dishes and our desserts are, it doesn't make things so extremely decadent or extremely fatty all the time has a lot of great health Mm. benefits like the hibiscus tea that we have, oh, yeah. you know, we have a, a spiced hibiscus tea for people who don't know hibiscus. Hibiscus is a, it comes from a hibiscus flower mm-hmm. that stems from Africa that has a whole lot of medicinal properties and lowers blood sugar that, you know, lowers blood sugar and lowers our blood pressure. It's heart, you know, um, it aids in heart health, heart health and uh, digestion and uh, so many other medicinal properties that has can- cancer fighting agencies and, and things like that. And so, Using simple things like that and adding them to a dish or a drink, you know, will be like, yes, I can eat this food and you could probably eat a lot of it, but you won't always feel extremely weighed down. You won't always feel super sluggish. Yeah. And that's been the basis of why I wanted to be a chef because, you know, I'm going off on the side tension here, but just knowing the things that we tend to eat in our community over the years, you know, it, it behooved me. 
to look at things as I grow older and certain things I learned that I really couldn't have it anymore or you will have it in, uh, you know, smaller portions as smaller you get older. Portion, yeah. yeah, exactly. Because you know that like this, I'm tired of feeling sluggish. I'm tired of having to pass out every time I have to a meal. I'm tired. I don't want to feel like this anymore. There's got to be a better way. And so you start eventually getting introduced to things and, and concocting things and experimenting. You'd be like, oh, hey, I can still make this these delicious meals that I grew up eating or I know that's popular in our community. But it doesn't have to feel so it doesn't have to be so bad for you, per se. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, I can dig it, man. I can dig it. Um, So again, so again, uh, you know, um, we are, you know, almost at that almost at that time. Uh, I definitely want to thank you for coming on the, the the program. I definitely want to thank you for the experiences and in terms of sharing your knowledge and your 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 expertise on, you know, uh, becoming a chef and you know talking about some of your dishes and the challenges that it's been. You know, being becoming a black chef, uh, that you know things like that. I think that really weighs heavily uh, for uh, you know when when people listen to it, it's gonna you know really weigh heavily on their minds. You know, maybe maybe uh, you know help a lot of people that have been thinking about making uh that 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 choice you know to become a chef uh you know to say okay well hey you know if he did it and you know he he rifled through it you know i can do the same thing too and then you know probably start doing a lot more you know in our community in terms of you know um you know just 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 being somebody man that can you know uh craft you know nice dishes and you know possibly want to start their own restaurant and stuff like that so i definitely thank you for coming on the show and sharing a lot of that information Again, you can find him. This again, this is uh, this is Jopri Merritt. Now, you can find him on uh, Instagram and Facebook, and they have their own website, which is actually under construction, which he just told me, uh, which is Twin Cities Global Cuisine. Again, I'm gonna say that one more time: Twin Cities Global Cuisine. Right. Uh, so it would on the website it would be a dot com, but on Instagram it's just Twin Cities Global Cuisine. And, and Facebook. Um, so is there any, any, any parting words or anything you want to say before we um, end the show? Yes. Uh, thank uh, thank you for having me. And uh, real quick, it's TwinCitiesGlobal.com. You don't have to put in cuisine. It'll just be TwinCitiesGlobal.com as far as the website. Um, but everything else you said is spot on. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to have me uh, to have me on this platform speaking again about, you know, the challenges, but also the successes of being a chef and, you know, the adversity and the things that we face and how we continue to push on and wanting to represent good food, good culture and good, good tradition, no matter the background, because, you know, being black is not a monolith. And we really want to show that our food that we, that Twin Cities Global Cuisine provides is not a monolith that's just for, you know, black people. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, it represents black food, but it's going to be we want dishes to be this plate represents black people and black food from all over the world and not just America. Right. And so, you know, it's, it kind of marries it all together and having that exposure, which is why, you know, many chefs uh, that are well known tend to travel a lot more. So that's another couple of notches I got to get under my belt is travel more and be more exposed to things because I've also had I've also had several years of education. And so my goal because we didn't have a lot of this growing up, which I mentioned before, mm -hmm. I want to be able to give that back into school settings or school districts, whether they're charter, private, Montessori, public, and teach this amongst other young boys because I was that young boy who cared at times a little bit too much about food. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, I wanted to, you know, you, you always wanted to. I want to be able to give that back and show them that we can take control of what we choose to consume. And I've always 
you know, I didn't want to. All I had growing up was seeing black men in two places. Not to shun anybody for this. Yeah. The barber shop. Yeah. And and the barbecue joint. Especially in Kansas City. We didn't have a whole lot of us around. And so wanted to be something very different than that, but also be representation, like pay homage and respect it, but knowing that this is one of the bigger ways that we can uh take our health back into our consideration and take our health back into you know our control yeah take what we consume and what we eat back into in control if you don't everybody doesn't need to be a farmer you don't need to be a gardener you barely even have to be a cook but the, the goal is to be more aware of what it is that you're choosing to eat and better options because we need to be we need to be around just as long as our black just as much as our black women yeah and and for our families for our culture for our tradition and for you know and for all of us all over and it really does start with what we choose to consume you know along with the mental health along with the spiritual health and everything else yeah, all, and, all and, and exactly working out and everything else and then pass it down to the children like yes this is where we come from but that doesn't mean we have to stay there as far as where we're going got it got it so again thank you uh uh Jabri, for coming on the show uh i do want to invite you back because there was something else that you were doing in terms of um some maybe some type of tutorials and maybe uh doing like some um educational pieces and where you actually teaching uh, people actually you know certain dishes that you were cooking and stuff like that so I want to invite you back on to kind of talk about that a little bit later uh, you know so we can probably talk about setting that up at some point but but again this has been the All okay. Things yep absolutely this has been the All Things Black Podcast I'm your host Mr. Black Ovation make sure that you subscribe that you share this podcast and it's on Apple Podcasts uh, Radio Public Spotify Google Podcasts any streaming platform that you know of make sure that you 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 go there and you listen to all the previous podcasts up until the current one which will more than likely be, uh, be this one and uh, thank you guys for for listening and participating thank you